bucks. That's what I'm saying. I should be like, if somebody just like was like, oh, well, this person doesn't know what to get you. Give me an external hard drive because it's cheap. Like you said, like 30 bucks, you get like a terabyte. And it's something I need. Because I can't even tell you how many people are just like, well, my, the, your fucking great, great, great aunt Elizabeth doesn't fucking know what to get you for Christmas. I'm like, well. A two terabyte one is $60. Well, I also haven't seen my great, great, grand Elizabeth for 350 fucking years. And she was around when they invented the fucking wheel and fire. So I don't know why she wants to get me something for Christmas. Just fucking knit me something or something. <laughs> some bullshit. Yeah, here's a one terabyte Seagate portable, forty three eighty. That's money. Like I, I just I need that in my life because then I can put all the fi- all the raw files for the episode and all the finished files on that, and then my computer will just run quicker. Because at this point, I have a fucking ass load of data sitting on my desktop, just like rotting away. Yeah, I have. I actually have an external hard drive. I need, I'm gonna I'm gonna need that. I'll just buy myself one with all the money that I attained from Christmas. I'm just going to purchase myself a uh, little drive. external boy. Because like your storage I, like on your computer? Um, It's really, really good. Because um, like I bought my computer like like custom made back when I had money. And it's got a sh- ass load of fucking storage. But with all the other things I have on my computer, like all the random games that I play, like Moto, Arena, all my editing software, uh, and just like just miscellaneous other bullshit like... There's a lot on this machine. We'll fucking buy one, you turd. I told you. I'm going to. That's going to be me in 2020. I'm going to start playing Pioneer, and I'm going to start using an external hard drive. Those are my two New Year's resolutions so far. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are just like, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to stop being a fucking piece of shit. I'm going to do this, this. I'm like, nope. I'm going to be more effective with my storage on my computer, and that's it. That's it. Also, I will maybe play Magic the Gathering. Maybe. At some point. Yeah, Pioneer is a 50-50 chance. Storing uh, podcast episodes on my computer more effectively, that's a guarantee. <laughs> Check off New Year's resolution. Ding! That's a sad goal. Man. <laughs> this year, I'm going to be a real boy. What is up, you constellations? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, the Little Dipper, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, the Big Dipper, Matt. Matt, what is up, man? Big Dipper! Big Dipper! Yo, constellations, baby! Stars and shit. What's up, dude? We're going to become astrology. The ones that are always, like, retweeting... Uh, I already am in a fucking... Like, their horoscopes and stuff? Yeah, sniff, sniff. What's your astrology? What's your sign, dude? I am, I believe, a Virgo. Oh, of course you are. Isn't that how always those conversations go? When somebody asks you what sign you are, if they give a shit, they're always just like have this preconceived notion of the person that you're going to be when you answer. So when you say like, oh, I'm a Taurus, they're like, oh, yeah, obviously you're a piece of shit and you have blue eyes and have fucking dumb face. I'm going to give you a little secret. I've never once had that conversation. Oh, really? Yeah, because I don't talk to people like that. Oh, well, that just I guess I just explains the crowd of people that I that I have conferred with before. Well, I mean, people. I feel like that's like 50% of like the dating scene when you're like, just like, I mean, you you obviously haven't dated in years because, you know, I haven't know. dated since like high school. No, the second semester of my freshman year in college. Well, that explains that explains ridiculous a lot. like that. Well, when you're not that person and you are looking for a suitor, I have got that question before. And it's always been like, well, I'm a Sagittarius uh, late December. Uh, speaking of late December, shout out to me. Had a birthday. Made it 20 
seven revolutions around the earth and still kicking. So pretty impressive. Do you know what I actually did today? What'd you do? I beat my record for consecutive days alive. There's that. Oh, very proud. Yeah. I hope you actually achieve that tomorrow as well. I'm going for the record again tomorrow. Oh, if you make it, we are going to hold a parade. Sounds good, dude. <laughs> but yeah, those like those conversations are so awkward because then it, regard like just because of the day that I was born and where the stars were at that point, uh, people think that I have a certain personality type because of that. You should start saying, oh, be like, I'm this and be like, oh, yeah, that totally. Oh, wait. Yeah, just like backtrack. <laughs> like, oh, wait, no, you thought I'd well, that's wrong. Wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna start telling people I'm a cancer. And they're going to tell me that I totally am a cancer. And I'm like, oh, JK, my birthday is in December. You fucking dummy. Got you good. You're Pull a cancer the to society, if anything. <laughs> Boom, roasted. Well, Sagittarius, he's a he's a good guy, from what I've heard. Fuck off. That's what my I'm, done, I'm done with this conversation. He said, well, my horoscope said, hey, you're, you, do, you do a good job. And I said, oh, okay, thanks, horoscope. And then went on with my day. Thanks for fucking nothing. So yeah. let's talk about some, some magic shit. Oh, magic sucks, man. Just keep kidding. Talking about stars. Yeah, let's just keep talking. Well, yeah, actually, you know what? Let's keep talking about stars. Let's talk about the stars in Knicks. Yeah, you feel yeah. about that? Yeah. The first things we were spoiled a couple weeks ago were some of the planeswalkers, some of the gads. Yeah, for for Theros, the home of Knicks. So yeah, we have Theros Beyond Death spoilers to talk about, which for a long time we were nothing but a spoiler cast. Like, we were just MTG spoilers. That, that was every our... fucking other week, there was, like, four new sets that came out. Yeah, that was our bread and butter. That's the only thing we covered was spoilers. Because that's all we had. That was all Magic was made of. We were just a, a constantly fed new cards. And then we had a drought for a while. But now we're back. We're back to spoiler cast. Shit is flooding in. Yeah, the Fetch and Shock spoiler cast is back into full form. Right in time for the for the holiday season. So if this is what you wanted for, for Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever you celebrate, well, then you're welcome and happy holidays. But yeah, we got um, we got some things, some of them good, some of them not so good. Yeah, it's some shit. Some of them not even relevant in formats that we play, but still very, very cool. I think the big talk of the town, though, um, at least from the very like first day of spoilers, which was like, what, last Wednesday or something, um, were the the... The special fancy basics that they released. Badass. They're super cool. Yeah, these are probably the most divisive basics they've ever printed. I was uh, looking up some of the prices just out of curiosity. Um, The foils are pre-selling. Plains, Forest, Mountain, and Swamp are all pre-selling. The foils, that is, for $19.99. And the island is $24.99 for the foils. Whoa. These foils will be fucking... Awesome. Yeah, these foils are going to be sick. How much do you uh, recall how much the the non foils were selling for? Like a buck or something, maybe two. So what do you would you say? Is that I I can't remember off the top of my head. Would you say that that is around the same price that uh like the unsanctioned or not unsanctioned whatever it was the last unset was that around the price that those were pre selling at? No idea. I have no interest in those, so I never even looked. I was just curious because this art. These ones are cool. And I would put these in like other shit that doesn't really matter to me as much, like competitive decks, like maybe some commander, or maybe if I decided to do Oathbreaker, like in something like that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, these are sick. And like I said, these are pretty divisive because these are, I guess, what I would refer to as artless basic. Would that be a fair name? I don't know what that means. Well, because they don't have what I guess you would typically consider MTG art in them. 
No, it's definitely art. It's just it's not the classic. Oh, hey, here's a dude doing the thing. Yeah, they're they're stylized mana symbol. Yeah, they're the mana symbols that are obviously stars, like constellations. That yes, if you were so to look up on any certain part in this plane, you might see some shit that looks like that. Yeah, so these play into like the the Nyx, uh, like sky of of Theros uh, plane where you're you know the devotion stuff comes from like you can see in some of the creatures in at least the original theros set that there's like the starry thing these are yeah super reminiscent of that they do have that uh that starry constellation kind of vibe to them but they are just like they're stylized versions of the mana symbols made up of stars and the mana symbols themselves are the focal point of the lands which these are fucking very cool in my opinion I already thought of a cool altar for the swamp for all the Harry Potter fans out there. The Death Eater symbol with the skull and the snake. Oh, you're I, a wizard, Harry. I think that would be pretty cool um, and pretty easy to do. Yeah. Just well, a fun little off side note. My question with these, are they, do they come in packs? Is that? I would assume so. Just like every other basic land always came in packs. So if these are the basic lands for the set, these are insane. I didn't know if these were going to be like special basics. You know how they did, um... The return to return to Zendikar one, where some packs had normal lands, some packs had the full arts. And then some packs, if you got lucky, had the full art foils. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. They could probably do that. Um, We'll see if other basics get spoiled, so. Yeah, if these are the the basics in the packs, there's a strong chance that I'm just going to buy, like, 18 of these each. And have them as like my draft picks. Like put them in like a fat pack box. Um, and That's what I do. I, mine are generally foreign ones. or really cool arts or some that I drew on. Yeah, just have pre-sleeved 18 of each land and then just be able to go and then have like other sleeves for the cards I'm going to play. And then have these pre-sleeved, just pick up my own lands and then just go. Because that is a total baller move. Going to a draft and having these. Like I, if I can get these by the... Well, I can't get them by the annual because the pre-release is the same weekend as the annual. But yeah, as always after that, that this is something I'm very interested in because these lines are really, really cool. And I mean, myself included. Uh, but when I first saw these and a lot of people on the Internet had the same sentiment, these look a fucking lot like uh, the Pokemon TCG. They look like the energy cards from that. Yeah. Which I think is hysterical. More power to them. And I have seen people in the past, like, for their cubes, use Pokemon energy cards as for, like, the basic lands for cubes. And I think that's hysterical. That is really funny. I love it. Because, like, okay, sure. You have the forest, so you have, like, the green energy. The mountain's obviously the red energy. Uh, Blue is obviously the blue energy. And then you have, like, the lightning energy for the planes. And then in the more recent iterations of Pokemon, you have, like, the, the, the dark energy for the swamps. So it fits, like, perfect. Yeah, definitely some parallels there. Yeah, these are... So I've, I have dubbed these the Pokemon lands, and that is what I refer to them from here. From this point on, time. yeah. Till magic dies. So enough about these basics. Um, some of the Planeswalkers, I still think that uh, the Elspeth Sun's Nemesis is currently the strongest card in the set. Yeah, as far as cards that were spoiled... Could be wrong, um, but it's pretty... That and maybe um, Ashiok, but I don't know. Well, so we we do have two, like, set Planeswalkers spoiled at this time. I don't know if there's... There's probably going to be additional one. There's usually, like, three per these sets, unless it's focused on Planeswalkers, which I don't think this is going to be because it's Theros. But we did get both of the 
or two of the main story Planeswalker spoiled, which one of them, like you said, is the Elspeth Sun's nemesis, and the other one is Ashok Nightmare Mute. But let's I wonder talk if they're about... going to do a Planeswalker enchantment, one that focuses with enchantment. Ooh, that would be sick. Just do like a character that we've never seen before that's like very enchantment focused. So it's yeah, like a keep green, it, white, like keep it fucking themey, bro. That would be awesome. But yeah, let's let's talk about Elspeth real quick because she is, like you said, very powerful. She is so very good. So this is unlike uh, most planeswalkers, uh, except a couple, the uncommon ones from uh, War of the Spark. It has zero plus ability. Yeah, which is something to take into consideration. But yeah. you're gonna understand why. It is all minus abilities. So, I'll, yeah, I'll run through it real quick. So, Elspeth, Sun's Nemesis, is two white, white for a five loyalty planeswalker, Elspeth. Her first ability is a minus one, and it says up to two target creatures you control each gain plus two, plus one to the end of turn. She has a minus two ability, which says create two one, one white human soldier creature tokens, and her minus three is you gain five life. But she has another ability, which is probably what what makes her as strong as she is. And it is escape. So escape is a new keyword ability. And it says for four white, white, and exile four other cards from your graveyard, you get to cast her from your graveyard. For the escape cost. Yeah, and the escape cost is that, that, four, that four white, white. Turns out, and we've learned through Magic's history, when you can play shit from your graveyard, turns out to be pretty strong. Yeah, looking back at any other uh, just cards that have had similar context of casting something from your graveyard, like Flashback, which is similar to this. Retrace. Retrace is one. Jumpstart. Um, even something like, yeah, like Snapcaster Mage, which gives something Flashback. I could see them doing an escape card, kind of like Snapcaster Mage, which gives something in your graveyard escape for its mana cost plus exile, uh, like two cards. That'd be neat. I could see that. I just, I really hope they don't make something with this ability that's way too. I mean, you're almost guaranteed that it's going to happen, right? There's always something, and this is especially a mechanic like this. This is something that could be ridiculously broken. Really, with either, without even trying. Look at Dredge, Dredge Deck. If this was a red ability, you might see a copy of this in Dredge or something. Oh, yeah. Even Big for time. six mana, just the ability to do that would seem super strong. Well, and this one, um, this would not be good in Dredge. Don't let me be very fucking oh, clear yeah, about I mean, that. Mostly because it's a white card. Yeah, but I'm saying if there is an ability that could get slotted into something like that, or like a self mill deck or something like that. I could see this getting pretty nasty pretty quick. This being this ability. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree. Uh, my, and my initial thought, and we kind of, we talked about this uh, before we started recording, was uh, with things that you can cast from your graveyard, like we said, are just going to be inherently powerful. The last thing that I remember being too powerful that you can cast from your graveyard is our good friend of the podcast, Hogak. I yeah, am that genuinely worried. was real strong. I'm genuinely worried because what they, they, they work on sets like almost two years in advance, right? At least that's what they've stated in, in previous uh, discussions about how they work on sets. I am worried that around the same time that they're working on Hogak, they were like, okay, what could we do as a standard version of this? 
And they saw this escape mechanic coming down the pipeline and they built like a Hogak-esque thing where it is like essentially uncastable from your hand. But in the graveyard, you can pay like black, black and exile like six cards and then cast it from your graveyard. I am very and being like a five, five beater or something for. Yeah. Or even just like exile eight cards and two black and make an eight, eight trample. Like just, just, just genuine, just Hogak. I do like this ability. It seems very cool. It's something we haven't really seen quite no, like this. It is a um, unique take on a graveyard recursion mechanic. And it's really like, okay, you killed my planeswalker. I used it. I made four dudes and then pumped two of them dead. Cool. I can cast it again. I can cast it again. I can keep ca- as long as I have fodder for it. I can keep going. Yeah, if you if you're just continuing to put things in your graveyard, uh, you can continue to pump these things out. And that's what I'm worried about. They're ca- they're they're making a casting cost for something that's too easy to achieve, so that all you're doing is essentially just dredging to fill your graveyard to access one of these cards and enough uh, trash to be able to turn into exiled cards. To cast it back. No, but I agree with you. Um, I like it. Uh, this isn't overpowered. Not that I'm aware of. I'm sure someone will. I don't know. This guy, this Elspeth seems very good. She's super reminiscent of uh, History of Benalia. How do you figure? Just um, just because two turns in a row, you're pumping out dudes. And then the last turn, you're doing a pump thing. Except for instead of pumping your entire team, uh, you only get two of two targets. But well, yeah, you're at least adding at a minimum four power, which isn't yes. nothing. Four power and two toughness for, and then killing your Elspeth. Um, and with that, like the chances of you you casting it again that turn after you just pumped out four one ones, you living to cast that for another two land drops, which at that point you've hopefully made throughout your turns, just being like, oh well. I'm going to minus Elspeth the turn it comes down. Next turn, land drop minus Elspeth. Next yeah, turn, she can also drop minus herself, Elspeth, which is nice. Half Elspeth. Yeah, like she can just come down. If you were in, in, in the world where you were making your land drops, she can come down, do her minus two twice, and then her minus one, and then you cast her and do her minus two again. That is very powerful magic the gathering stuff. Or do her minus one again and give all four of those idiots some yeah, pumps. Yeah, or yeah, you can also just like get in just real hard. I mean, that's assuming that your opponent's not attacking her. And that's, you're not yeah, that's in a one, one magical Christmas. Yeah, in a perfect world. But I think in just a just very reasonable Christmas land, um, you you can just make guys chump block one of them to just conserve her and then just still be able to do that. And still do other things. Uh, on the turns where you're not really yeah. playing this card. Yeah, Yeah. fuck. Like, yeah, it, like, she comes down, you make guys. Next turn, you make guys do something. Next turn, you you do the ability and then cast her again. That is a lot of things in, a, like, a three-turn cycle. Yeah, and I think it's good, so. Oh, very that's my That's my front run. My second one is obviously going to be something also pretty powerful, which is the other Planeswalker. Yeah, well, before we jump to Ashok, my next thing is, do you think that they are going to print cards? Because we haven't seen even close to the lion's share of the set yet. Do you think they're going to print cards that interact with either the exile zone or putting cards that you can cast and put cards from your opponent's graveyard into exile? A la, like, uh, 
surgical extraction kind of deal. Not surgical extraction, but I bet you that's... No, but like that surgical extraction ability where... There's always been creatures when they come into play or when they die, exile a card or... Yeah, or like, let's just say a creature that... Like, let's say a white creature that when something goes to the graveyard, if it has escape, it goes to exile instead. Something like that. I could also see... Um, if you look back to the Eldrazi, there there was the... Uh, the process mechanic. The process mechanic, where it yep. takes something from exile, either from your opponent or you, and put it back into your graveyard. That was my thought exactly. Because that also fits into the like the, the, the name of the set, which is like Theros Beyond Death. This escape mechanic is so picture perfect with that, of just like coming back from the graveyard and just like escaping from, from death. This bitch, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to be doing something where, like, a creature can escape from exile, or there's something that brings cards from exile into your graveyard, kind of like the process mechanic. Just I'll to keep you there's something. That would be cool. But yeah, let's move on to the other Planeswalker that was spoiled. It is Ashiok Nightmare Muse. So I, I'll read it, and then we can we can talk about it a little bit and further. So Ashiok Nightmare Muse is three blue-black for a five-loyalty uh, Planeswalker Ashiok. For a plus one, it says create a 2-3 blue-black nightmare creature token with whenever this creature attacks or blocks, each opponent exiles the top two cards of their library. For minus three, you can return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Then that player exiles a card from their hand. And then minus seven, you may cast up to three face-up cards your opponent owns from exile without playing their mana cost so that is a lot to digest the the minus seven the only place that's actually going to matter is in standard oh 100 percent. yeah that minus seven just like kind of doesn't exist outside of the context of standard well it gives you a payoff for yeah. pretty much yeah or if it their... does exist outside of the context of standard if you're using that minus seven ability you are you have already won that game multiple turns ahead of time or it's sideboard hatred chain and legacy solved sure. legacy boom um no this is going to be a standard monster you're going to see a lot of decks playing blue black and it's going to come down to who can make more nightmares or it's going to stop people from attacking oh they're going to eventually win it's going to make control mirrors nightmarish <laughs> <laughs> you're the fucking worst you're the one making bad comments now yeah but decent in the terms of standard i think it'll see play um, limited, yeah. it'll be really good. Uh, just pumping out a 2-3 creature or bouncing their best thing. Oh my god, this good. is going to be a crushing card. In does the 2-3, the does it mill them or exile cards? It's the, okay, so it exiles. Oh, so her ultimate just got better then. Okay. Yes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very reminiscent of old, like the 3-mana Ashiok, where the plus 1 instead exiles of exiles the top three yep, yeah. it, it just exiles it exiles the top two when that thing attacks or blocks which i mean this just follows the tried and true standard five mana planeswalker deal where plus ability protects it minus ability answers a threat seven ability or minus a, a bigger ultimate ability wins the game yeah it just that's has been the format for forever at this point and this card does not break that formula at all i like it it's fine I mean, this card is pretty sweet. Yeah, and if there is a a creature, like Ashiok's Reaver or something like that, where it's like three mana, two, three, with that exact ability, that whenever this creature attacks or blocks, you exile uh, the top two cards of an opponent's library, like that would be pretty cool. 
kind of like the Nissa, the two three. Yep. Oh no, that went and searched. Oh yeah, yeah. could. That's the Nissa where it was a two three guy for two if it died. But there isn't the a Johnny the out there that makes a legitimate a Johnny's Pride mate for its minus ability. True. So I could see that being a thing, and I think that would be really cool. Um, and it would make Ashiok, uh, like you said, a, a an actual nightmare. I'm not very proud about that. No, you should be. That was a that was a good <laughs> joke. Proud of you. You might not be proud of yourself, but I am proud of you. Thanks, buddy. I think I'm, so, I think I'm wearing yeah, off. This card is pretty jokes. decent. Yeah, pretty I like decent. this card. I'd be happy to open this in a draft. Oh, my God. If this is like one of your pre-release rares, you are on cloud fucking nine. You're going to be stomping some people. Yeah, that's generally kidding. true with any Planeswalker for the most yeah. part. There are some that are shit, but. But this one more than a lot is going to be just just game over, bud. Like, good night, close the door. Two creatures that can attack or block, and every time they do, you get a bonus of exiling two cards. Well, this is just, like, so much better in Limited than Elspeth, and Elspeth is great in Limited. Oh, yeah, I w- if I opened both of these in Limited, I'd probably be taking the blue-black one. Oh, yeah. Or, or you're just trying to dram- jam Esper, and you're just going to force both of them until something works? Yeah. Yeah, that or sounds that. about right. But if this is anything like normal Theros, the fixing in this Limited format is going to be abysmal. And it's going to be slow. Yeah, that is an- another thing that we will touch on. Fucking um, really slow. Yeah, very, very slow. Um, Let's talk about an- one of the the last card that was uh, spoiled on the first day, which was uh, one of the gods. It's actually Aetherios, Shroud Veiled. This card is going to be some people's new favorite commanders, without a question. I don't even know what this bozo does, to be honest with you. I've seen it. I saw... I didn't read. So go ahead and read that bitch off. Yeah, let, let me enlighten you, bud. So uh, Aetherios Shroud Veiled is four white black. So it's a six mana legendary enchantment creature god. And it is a four seven. It has indestructible. And as long as your devotion to white and black is less than seven, Aetherios is not a creature. It also has at the beginning of your end step, put a coin counter on another creature whenever a creature with a coin counter on it dies or is put into exile, which is relevant, you return that creature or that card to the battlefield under your control. So the other Athreos on steroids. Yeah, because the other Athreos was like three mana, and when something died, your opponent could pay a tax, and then if they didn't pay the tax, you got it back. But this one just like guarantees that you're getting it back. Yeah, this card has... A, a very powerful commander written all over it. But the big thing that I caught from this is that one, the gods are back. Also, Rich Shea pointed out they fucked up and didn't give this bitch shroud. It's the shroud. <laughs> what do you think they would have given a text proof from everything? I think indestructible is good enough. I think indestructible probably does the job, right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, gives it. Yeah, it's just like, oh boy. So the gods are back which is awesome because the gods were one of my favorite parts of Theros. And as our listeners know, Theros was one of my favorite sets of all time. And Devotion's back, baby. Yeah, you can't have a Theros set without Devotion. Devotion's such a fucking Be cool mechanic. Fucking anarchy. Like, as a monocolored aficionado, such as myself, something that benefits you giving a fuck about one singular color is so, so satisfying. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, all I want is just to play mono white all the time. And now I get a benefit for doing that. It says, hey, you, the guy that likes mono white, 
here you go. Here's a little plus plus ability for doing the mono white thing. And I'm like, well, thank you, Theros. I am very grateful for that. That is super nice of you. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I fucking love Devotion, man. Devotion's so sick. Never got into it, but I didn't play that stage. And I'm excited to see what the other gods are like, because my commander of choice is actually a god. It's Krufer, which you know that, Matt. I'm sure most of the listeners know that as well. Yes. Yeah, my... Most people know that. Yeah, I love me some gods. So I will probably end up getting a, a some kind of commander deck out of this set out of another god because i think the gods are absolutely fucking awesome commanders that was pretty good too fuck yeah big time good on the same vein of kind of the gods and the devotion thing um another spoiler we got was uh daxos blessed by the sun one of my mono white homies super mono white so this dude is uh white white uh, legendary enchantment creature, demigod. Demigod is the coolest creature type I've ever heard. So far, yes. Fuck and yeah. it is a two-star. Uh, Daxon's toughness is equal to your devotion to white. So automatically a two. Um, and then it just grows from there. Yep. Um, and then whenever another creature you control enters the battlefield or dies, gain one life. This is an uncommon. Yeah, so first of all, we've noticed that even though I'm pretty sure these cards were already in printing... Uh, Wizards has not listened to our advice about not making white focused on life game. But didn't even think of that. They fucked up. <laughs> that was my first thought when I saw it. <laughs> it's like those son of a bitches. Those hey, they pick fucking assholes. Hey, hey they listen. pick something and they're fucking rolling with it. So leave them alone. No, I hate it. But I do actually love this card because there is a archetype in modern called Soul Sisters that this card is fucking disgusting in. There used to be an archetype called Soul. I mean, some people can cling to the past. Look at Steelers fans. That's what they've been doing for literally. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a Steelers fan out there, uh, suck it. <laughs> I'm like Switzerland in that fucking debacle. No football. Let's go Baltimore. Um, but yeah, this card, uh, first of all, the demigod creature type has not been talked about enough. It is the coolest fucking thing that's ever happened. And it is super sweet. I'm yeah. surprised they didn't give it like half indestructibility or something. Like, hey, this thing can only be killed by gods. Or this thing can only be exiled. Or no, I or this thing, I, I don't know how they would do it. Can be like destroyed. it has protection from everything but, like, a certain creature type? Yeah, that would be cool. Like, it, it loses to gods and some spells. Probably all spells. Yeah, destroy, like, something that says, like, destroy so target. killed, like, in creature combat or with regular da- damage in combat by anything Ooh. other than gods or if they printed like a like they printed a removal spell that was destroy target god god God, or enchantment creature that'd be cool Ooh, that'd be so sick this card's sweet though and the thing that stood out to me outside of just the 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 coolness of the card um was the art he has like one of the death masks like on his arm and i don't know if that's like his death mask which is saying like like he escaped from death kind of like elspeth did or what that is, but that is so cool. Because the or death mask went thing, down to the underworld. Yeah, the the death mask thing was something that when somebody when a, a a person dies on Theros, they go to the underworld and they get this like gold plated mask of their face, and that is what they wear as like an undead creature. At least that's what the lore states. Um, but obviously Elspeth um has escaped that, and they did like a they I don't know if you saw this or not. Um, they had a trailer for it. Did not watch it. It's pretty cool. Um, but it has like Elspeth in it 
and she like has her mask on and she like takes her mask off and her mask itself actually has the like two glowing lights from uh god's end though her weapon which is extra yeah that's all the lore stuff that i generally rely on you to tell me about yeah so if you're into the lore stuff you like you can go back and look or you already know about like how God's end was her weapon um, and she used it to kill gods and then Helio turned it into uh, something to kill her. And then apparently now she's got it back and it's part of her mask and now she's back and stuff like that. So the lore is fucking sweet with this set. Um, this set was originally what got me into the lore of Magic the Gathering. So I'm very excited about where this is going to go as far as the storyline is concerned. Yeah, definitely interesting if you're into it. Yeah, so um, let's move on from Daxos. Do you want to talk about uh, the Akroan War for a little bit? I'm going to give everyone a spoiler. Sagas are back. Yeah, that's the coolest part about this card, in my opinion. But yeah, the Akroan War is a saga. So it is four mana. It is three and a red for an enchantment saga. Um, and so it does the same saga things that we saw in Dominaria, where uh, every uh, draw step, you turn the page. So once the first you, one... Once you play it... It triggers, and yes. then after each, um, Up, after, after the every draw step, draw step on your turn. Yeah. Yep. You you turn the page. So when it comes down, you gain control of target creature for as long as you control a crow in war, um, which is really fucking sweet. The next draw step, um, until the until your next turn, creatures your opponent's control attack each turn or attack each combat if able. And then the third page of it is. Each tap creature deals damage to itself equal to its power. So this card is fucking amazing. Yeah, so you take their biggest thing. They're forced to attack into it. You kill it. Um, you attack, and then you kill everything then, that's power yeah, is greater their than board, its toughness. Probably. Or put a lot of damage on a lot of things and swing. Which, I mean, those things will already be tapped because they had to attack. Yeah. So you can swing through them regardless. But the chances of those things just being dead is fucking, like, great. Pretty high up, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is... the. the I think this card is, like, secretly really powerful. Yes, like, I would agree with you. I do want it to be, like, three mana to see play in, like, all the other formats besides standard, but just the power level of this card just on its face is wild. Yeah, pretty strong. And it's uncommon, isn't it, or is it rare? It is a rare. Okay, so this is probably a first pickable card, I would say, in limited. Oh, this... In limited, I think this just ends the game. I don't think this will see play in anything else. Besides Maybe standard. in some... I don't think it'll see play in standard. Um, I, just because it's so powerful. I mean, it's hard to say because we don't have the rest of the context of the format at this point. But this card is very good, man. Yeah, pretty strong. And it's There's a no, red wrath. Or has potential to be. Um, it's pretty close to a wrath. It also kind of taps them. So you can kind of set this up so you either have bigger creatures than them. And you kind of eat a bunch of their stuff. Or you kind of set up like a good alpha strike. Yeah. Or yeah, you could set it up where you are just chipping in for damage. And then like if they have some kind of creatures around, like you said, you set up an alpha strike and it could just wipe their board. If the standard format is not super aggressive, you're not you're OK with taking whatever damage that they're going to be dealing to you. If it says, oh, I kill you on the crackback. Yeah. Yeah. Which is honestly, I think what this card could probably do. Because yeah, if it's, it's not be aggressive, always it's a good... mid-rangey, you're taking their guy. I've never been a fan of, like, the act of treason or the threaten effects, but this is more than that, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm threaten on board with it. Threaten effects that are just threaten effects are typically very bad. 
But threat and effects like this, where it is a threat and effect plus something else plus something else, I am a-okay with. Like, any threat and effect that's been like, oh, take their creature at the end of your uh, your end step, sacrifice a creature, that card would be busted. Oh, yeah, it's just a removal spell at that point. Yeah, but that seems like, like, that's about as close as we're going to get is the Crone War. Yes, I'm, I'm in on it. I like it. Yeah, I love it. So let's move to another card. This card is unlike the Akron War, is probably going to see play in multiple formats. And I am actually hopeful that this brings out an entire archetype in modern. And it is the Satessan Champion. Yeah, it gives some life to an old, oh, old boy. force. This does breathe some life into an Enchanted Strategy, right? Yeah, it's, it's basically all it is. It's, hey, here's a creature, gets benefits, two benefits, every time I... Is it when it casts or when it enters? Whenever it enters the battlefield. That's so, yeah, that's the that's the so typical enchantress thing. Two and a green, one three creature human warrior. Yep. And it's con constellation, I believe, is what it's called. Constellation is the ability. So whenever an enchantment enters under your control, you put a one one counter on this creature and you draw a card. Yeah. So that is just the prototypical like enchantress text. That whenever you cast something or you cast an enchantment, you draw a card. Except for this is on a creature, which we have seen before. Um, but this creature just gets bigger. Yeah. Like the first time you play an enchantment outside of this uh, this guy, it grows out of bolt range, and then you draw a card. And then after that, this just gets to be a beater. Yeah, it hits pretty hard. Well, it doesn't hit hard. It's just going to be not very easy to kill. Oh, no, um, this thing's going to be unkillable. Turns all your enchantments into cantrips and put a 1-1 counter up. Pretty also, good. Also, the thing that I noticed about this, it is not itself an enchantment. Correct. Which is huge. I believe, like, almost all of the other constellation things, because constellation is a repeat mechanic from uh, the first Theros. This itself is not an enchantment, which a lot of the constellation cards previously were. Yes. So it doesn't die to enchantment removal spells, which other things did, uh, which made some of those, uh, maybe the one white card from Theros, it was destroy enchantment or creature or something. And it was really good. It got enchantments and it also got uh, some of these creatures that were both types. I like this dude. I think there's going to be some standard decks with this bozo in it. And then... Uh, it'll obviously probably see some play in Legacy Enchantress. Enchantress. I'm not too positive about that. Oh, deck. yeah, that is a fact. It will definitely see play in Enchantress. Yeah, I just didn't know what was all in that, but I'm for sure, I guarantee this will see play in uh, the Boggles. Oh, in maybe Modern, not, yeah, for sure. Maybe not as a four of, but... Well, here's the thing, too. In, like, previous the previous Theros, there was Edelana Blossoms, which was four mana um, with Constellation that says whenever... An enchantment enters the battlefield. You draw a card. It it drew a card off of itself, which I think kind of validated it being four mana two two. But this card is just better, even with one more mana. Yeah, oh, yeah I guess so because it's still cantrips. It's turned stuff into cantrips and it grows. Yes, I think and that it has it being that one less mana, extra power. One less mana and it growing is big time. I love this card. I think yeah. this card is a, a very very powerful thing that. I think we're going to see in multiple formats, and I am excited to test an Enchantress build in Modern because that is something that I have tried in the past, but it just did not have the gas it needed. This might be enough to push it into at least playability. Well, that and Boggles just better than Enchantress in Modern. 
nope, I refuse. <laughs> I'm going to force Enchantress, and there's nothing you could say to change my mind. Fair. Do what you got to do, boy. What's else on? What else is on our chopping block? Oh, this thing. How do you feel about Staggering Insight, man? This is fucking bananas. Yeah, I like this card a lot. Staggering Insight. Uh, so it is a white and a blue for an enchantment aura. You enchant a creature, and the enchanted creature gets a plus one, plus one lifelink, and then whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you draw a card. So this is super reminiscent to a card that we had recently. Um, I can't remember the name. Curious Obsession. There you go. Curious Obsession. Thank you. Um, pretty similar to that, except for just better. Yes, I think this card is going to be a fucking house in uh, Limited. Uh, Yo, big very clearly, they're pushing enchantment. Which is the... Th- it, that's the theme of Theros. It's very themey. Yeah, it's super themey. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I am a sucker for the enchantment theme sets, and this is a very fucking good enchantment. Yes, and I would I, agree I, with you. I, I hate to uh, compare it to Curious Obsession because I want I want to be forward thinking, not uh, reverse thinking, to, to compare it to something that I've seen so recently. But like that fits so well into its its limited format. That if you could make that card work, it paid dividends. This is just going to do that to the mth degree. Yeah. Because blue-white is going to be a very good enchantment-themed build, mostly because it's white. And you're going to have some evasive creatures that are just going to be able to get in over top of your opponent. So this card is going to draw you hella cards and gain you hella life. Yeah, it gives you time, puts a beater on. You got a good clock going. Hell yeah. Um, some other limited cards, we can just blow through these real quickly. Um, Revoke Existence was spoiled, which uh, Revoke Existence can only be brought up because of how sneaky powerful it was in Theros Limited originally, which I think some people will overlook this card um, just because the text that it has. But in the context of the set, it is so much more powerful than it is in a vacuum. Yeah, I kind of talked about this and whatever. Because um, it hits creatures, it hits enchantments, and there's a lot of both of those. Or it hits yes. enchantments. There's a shitload. So like, yeah. there's a chance that Revoke Existence is just sorcery speed. One white, one blue, destroy target creature. But any other time, it is one white, one blue. Or one white, one colorless, exile, target, artifact, or enchantment. Like, that's very good. Yeah. Hits enchantments, it hits enchantment creatures, sold. Yeah, I'm super into that. Um, Another thing I want to mention just because of flavor... Because uh, Daddy likes flavor. Uh, Nyxborn Corsair is one white white for a 2-4 vanilla uh, centaur. Centaur scout, technically. Um, it is just like the dead version of Corsair of Crufix. And I think that is the coolest shit ever. Pretty neat. Yeah, I love little flavor nuggets like that. That shit gets me excited. But I guess the only other, uh, I guess, set related cards that we have spoiled are uh, ones that are for the dual decks. Which are standard legal, but not in regular packs. Yeah, which is wild to me. Like, that's just such a crazy thing. I, I don't know. It's, it, yeah, it's definitely a thing. But there are some very powerful cards in the set. Um, the first one that I can think of that is just remarkably powerful is the Underworld Sentinel. Oh, the black dude. Yeah, the five mana, four or five. Um, whenever it attacks, I think you exile creature from your graveyard. Yeah, so Underworld Sentinel, yeah, it is three black black for a four five uh, creature, skeleton soldier. Um, and then whenever it attacks, you exile target creature from your graveyard. And then whenever it dies, you put all cards exiled with it onto the back. 
Yes. So a very, very powerful reanimation spell uh, tacked on to a, a decent body. Uh, that's a really good body. Yeah. I mean, for, for five mana, a four or five, that's very passable. That's super good. With additional uh, text that it's like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll take that and I'll beat face later if you kill it. At a certain yeah. point, you almost want this to die. Once you have oh, yeah. a couple creatures under it, you're like, okay, well, you either kill it or I kill you. Oh, yeah. Like, the chances of this thing attacking... Like, if this thing attacks once, it's already it's already paid its dividend. Yeah, it's going to replace itself when it does. As long Might as it doesn't die immediately. Good, but it's, it's an good. additional body, yeah. But And then if this thing attacks, like, three times? <laughs> and yeah, then it yeah. dies? Or That's then you, like, sacrifice it or something? And you might only get, like, a one... Like, a two, two twos and a three drop, but that's fine. Sure, yeah. That's I mean, seven mana worth of shit. Yeah, there's a word where you can get back, like, crazy powerful cards, but even if you just get, like, like three guys that totaled, uh, like, uh, uh, more than four power and, f- and five toughness, this guy did his job. For sure. I like this dude a lot. Oh, yeah, this guy's super sweet. Super unfortunate that it's not in the the pack, so you can't... Yeah, uh, so this, this can't be, like, a rare that you open, because this could be degenerate. Oh, real bonker. So... Not playable in standard, I don't think. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think so either. Probably. Yo, yeah, this card is a commander all-star, I think. You know what also I think is a commander, or is just, I think all these cards actually generally are commander all-stars. But other cards that I think are potentially very, very powerful, um, of course, me, because I'm, uh, by nature, a white player, uh, Victory's Envoy. Oh, yeah, the... This card Five mana, three, three, whenever it attacks. Put a counter on your... Yep, yeah. So, yeah, it's three white, white, three, three. Uh, no, it was... At the, it's actually at the beginning of your upkeep. You put a oh. plus one, plus one counter on each other creature you control. That's even better. Yeah, it just... So it just grows the world. You can just sit back with this guy and this gal, oh, yeah. sorry, and let your team get all beefy. Yeah, just get thick. So what else is actually in the in the packs? There was a couple things I wanted to talk about. So in the packs? Um... Oh, maybe not. Yeah, most of the stuff I actually saw was leaked and not spoiled, so yeah, we're only as talking is about tradition, we will not talk about those. spoiled cards. But I guess there are some other pack cards that are good in like a limited context, like Myers Grasp. Yeah, that's premium black removal. Oh, jeez, that's gonna be first pickable like a lot of the time, especially One for, in a, black, for a common Shannon creature gets minus three, minus three. good yeah. sold. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we seen like one black minus two minus two? Just be a first pickable card. A lot of times. Yeah, this is on the same. Vein. And enchantments matter, so. Yeah, and enchantments are a real thing. Even though the the chance of you just casting this enchantment and it just immediately go into the graveyard because you're just killing something with it, pretty high. Yeah, still enters the battlefield, so you get all those triggers. And yep, and we well, also got uh, just confirmation of uh, the escape mechanic, at least at other power levels, with the underworld rage hound. Yeah, the common. Uh, one in a red, three, one. Tax each turn if able. Each combat if able, sorry. Yep. And then escapes for three in a red. Exile three other cards. And um, when it escapes, which you pointed out, that wording is hilarious. It is. I love it. escapes it. with a plus one, plus one counter. It's like very reminiscent of the adventure thing. Like when this creature goes on an adventure, <laughs> like that's amazing. Well, that one's like kind of corny, like fairy tale skipping along. This is, hey, I'm getting out of hell. I'm yeah, gonna I was in hell and out. now I'm not. And now I'm yeah. back with a vengeance. I'm a four two now. 
Yes. And I'm here to cool. fucking end your life. And these types of cards are good in super aggressive decks because they die. Um, you don't really care if they die. You're just turning them sideways to kill your opponent. And if you putter out, you can just dump some mana, get some shit out of your yard. Oh, uh, yeah. Go to battle in round two. Yeah, because, yeah, this guy just, like, hits hard, dies, comebacks, hits harder. Yeah. And the art, it's like a Cerebus, which in mythology is just like a like a hell dog. Hellhound. Which is super fucking flavorful. Oh, my God. This thing's bursting with flavor. Yeah, definitely pretty cool. Oh, big um, time. Love this. So far, the set looks pretty good. Uh, it looks better with some of the leak stuff. We will talk about those on later dates. Yes. The, when, when those come out, we will talk about those as they are released. Uh, we need something to talk about later, right? Probably. <laughs> yeah, because like, we're just going to get bone dry. We're When these when the fucking uh, spoilers are done, what are we going to go back to talk? About? Random tangents. Tangent cast. Okay, cool. I'm actually I'm fine with that. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, speaking of random tangents, um, we have gone on tangents previously about uh, SCG Columbus. We've done our fair share of those, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, S- yeah, SCG Columbus, uh, beginning of January, the first weekend of January, right? The 4th and the 5th? Yes, the 4th and the 5th. Yes. That is the weekend of SCG Columbus. It is a team monitor event. Um, I know previously you and I had spoken and we were just like, oh, totally. Uh, these are the decks that we're locking in. Uh, you were on Storm and I was on Spirits. Uh, but uh, this past week, <laughs> we have turned the corner. Yeah, no longer playing Storm. You're no longer playing Spirits. No, nope, 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 nope. We had ne- neither of the decks that we were trying to play are the decks that we are actually playing. Our and, team and- will actually be registering 12 Eldrazi temps. Yeah, each of us is going to be playing four copies in our decks of Eldrazi Temple. We have officially entered the dark side. I've always been on the dark side. I always loved Eldrazi. That's fair. But, but I am I am moving from actually, you know what? I'm still on the I'm still I'm I'm re, I'm registering Eldrazi in taxes. So I am still keeping a toe in my my light side. Yes. But I'm dabbling, if you will, into something a little bit more uh not white. Yeah, so you're playing What are you playing? I'm playing a deck that I've played to successes before. Uh got a little upgrade. And by that, it got some good upgrades. Um, I'm playing Bant Eldrazi. So I'm just going to be getting big dumb idiots out quick and smashing your face. with. Yeah, that seems like a strategy. Once Upon a Time and Oko have made, gave this deck some new life. Yeah. Oh, those two so, cards are very powerful. I would say play them while they're still legal. Yes. Why not? Yeah. So that's I mean, what I'm playing. Yeah. And then if there's... Our, Third teammate Mitch is still playing Etron. Yeah, I don't know if we we've mentioned that before, but we do, but yeah, he is so our one our one teammate is playing Eldrazi Tron, uh, which is just colorless Eldrazi, uh, make idiots quick and uh deal some damage, and then also have a million mana to be able to cast like Endbringer and shit. Uh you are playing Bant, which plays obviously the the blue Eldrazi, um, and some mana ramp stuff, and then also some other little shenanigans. And I am playing Eldrazi and Taxes. To the shocker of nobody, I am still registering Thalias. Weird. Yeah, shocker. Uh, but I am only registering through Thalias, as opposed to the traditional four that I normally register in most events. Yeah. But in, in addition to Thalias, I am playing some some colorless uh, creatures that are 
devoid of color, which I'm I'm okay with. I have played this deck in the past. Uh, to We're mixed also registering results. twelve thought knots here. Yeah, we are registering twelve thought knots here. That's amazing to me. Thought knots here is such a fucking dumb card. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah, so I'm playing some Balias. Um, I'm getting to play fucking uh Lin and Arbiter, which is historically one of my favorite cards because it just makes your opponent go, oh, uh, why am I playing Fetchlands? It's so good. Fetchlands are overrated. That is my favorite thing, being on the play and being like turn one, like Aether Vial or Giver of Runes or something, and then they play like like Land Go, and I play uh, a Leonard Arbiter, and then they go like turn two, Fetchland, turn three, Fetchland. I'm like, oh, get fucked, bud. That feels so good. real bad. Uh huh. Especially if they can't answer it, or if I played like a Giver of Ruins and I could just be like, oh, you try to bolt it. Mm, that's a negative. Go ahead and pass that one. Yeah. Yeah, this deck is so sweet. I've been testing it online. I tested it a bunch today, and I tested a little bit yesterday. Today, my leagues have not gone very well. I've gone like 3-2, 3-2, 3-2 in the three leagues that I played today. Do better. But uh, to be fair, to to be be fair, fair, the leagues, uh, the matchups have not been great, and my draws have not been great, uh, and my mashups also have not been Like, I played against titan shift which is i think essentially an unwinnable matchup yeah it's not a great one for you they're playing so many fucking wrath effects for three mana it's like their only removal spell in the deck but they're also playing like six of them and they're pretty good against you turns out oh my god they fucking ruined me they they smacked me up and down um i also played against like blue red uh like thing in the ice that was not great that's weird with Thalia's and the stuff that gets rid of their hand. Well, if they play multiple thing in the ices, like I actually had a game where I played out like Thalia, Thought Not Seer, uh, like uh, Leon Arbiter, Flicker Wisps, things like that. And then they just played like thing in the ice, thing in the ice, thing in the ice, spell, spell, and or like spell one turn and then spell, spell, and then a spell another turn and then swung for lethal. And I'm like, OK, cool. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. That's going to get most people, so... Yeah, that's going to kill just about anybody that's trying to play creatures, so I'm I'm not mad about it, but I was mad about it at the time because I just did it, like, two games in a row. I'm like, mmm, huh. Turns out an 0-4 is good at things that are have two power, or two toughness. Yeah, who would have thunk? Yeah, not great. And, like, I had tough games against Infect, which probably shouldn't be the case, but... Eh, yeah, just, I just like, think that's draws. weird. Like, Thalia is really good against Infect. Uh, just like, eh, they just, like, they just had the things. Yeah, that's a thing that can happen. They just do their thing and Yeah, they just go like turn one, Glistener Elf, turn two, scale up, turn three, scale up. I'm like, oh. Oh, and then I just have to throw my creatures underneath the boss and then I have nothing to block their stuff and they just keep making it bigger and they just chew through my hand. They just have like the perfect, like stone perfects every time. Or when I like have a creature, they're just like, Oh, now I have two mana. Uh one green I'm gonna scale up, the other mana I'm gonna go uh pay two or pay four life. Uh, dismember your guy, kill you. It turns out they don't give a shit about their life if they kill you before it matters. Yep. Yeah. Your your life total doesn't matter unless it's zero. Yep. Turns <laughs> and, out. You're playing in fact. That is just the. It's just facts. That's everyone's life total. Your life total doesn't matter unless you're at zero. You're very true. The only life that is important is the last. One. Yeah, that last one point of life. So magic has been fun for me today. I've done a lot of losing. Uh, very humbling experience. But you know, it's fine. We're getting all of our losses out now, so that. When we actually do play in January, 
I'm just going to be kicking teeth then. Yeah, so fucking be wary, nerds. We're coming for you. Yeah, so anybody yeah, anybody going to Columbus in in uh, early January, prepare to get fucking killed by a team that is playing 12 copies of Eldrazi Temple. And Thought Nuts here. And Thought Nuts here. If, okay, if we don't have at least one point in the weekend where each of us have an Eldrazi Temple and a Thought Nuts here on the battlefield at the same time, I'm going to be thoroughly upset. I hope all of our turn ones are always... The first game, just everyone has Eldrazi Temple. Everyone has Eldrazi Temple and then turn two Thought Not. If that happens, that that's just the historically greatest moment in Magic. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Like, I mean, sure, there's been great moments in Magic. Like, where Brian Kibler got crushed by exactly uh, the fireball in the worlds, and everybody just, like, he just, like, flips the card off the top of his deck and just kills him. Yeah, pulls the one thing that he actually needs to win. Yeah, like, there's been recorded moments in history, like, on Pro Tours and stuff. Um, like, where uh, Gabriel Nassif and Patrick Chapin were playing in, like, the final, or the semifinals of a Pro Tour, and he cast like that one card that makes you reveal cards randomly. And then it deals damage equal. It's converted mana cost with storm. I can't remember what that's called. Uh, ignite memories. Yeah. Ignite memories. Like we're, yeah. Chapin like cast ignite memories against Gabe Nassif. And he reveals like exactly the cards that make him not dead. That was an all time great moment. But to trump that the fetch and Chuck boys are going to be casting thought knots ears and kicking teeth in that we are. So get fucking ready. I can't wait. Yeah, our, our weekend's going to be unbeatable. So if you're going, you might as well, you might just want to reconsider because the chance of you getting paired up against us is too high for you to even consider going to this. <laughs> you're just going to, you're just going to get slaughtered. We're going to win before we even show up. Yeah, that's, we've already, I, listen, I've already cashed my check. I've already been buying, like I, I bought a Lamborghini with the winnings. <laughs> what the fuck tournament are you going to? <laughs> Yep, SED Columbus is actually giving away Lamborghinis for first place. First time ever. Gotta love that shit. Um, and if we scrub out, we're gonna play Booze Cube and get trashed that night. Oh, wait. So. Yeah, you're right. So either we're winners or we're winners. Yep. No losers here. There are no losers of the Fetch and Chalk podcast. Except Tyler and Matt. No, we're both we're both winners. We're super losers. Listen, we just told we just told everybody how we're gonna win SEG Columbus. True that. So I guess we're losers until we do that. And then once we do that, then we're winning. So there's our uh, SCG Columbus update. Yes. Oh, also, do you know how you could be a winner, man? How so? You could be a winner by getting 10% off your total order. Look at you. (laughs) We spent far too much time talking about magic and I couldn't figure out a way to fucking fit that in. But yeah, you could be a winner by going to flipsidegaming.com and getting 10% off your total order. By using code Fetch at checkout. You could buy literally anything. You could buy your Odrazi Temples. You could be like us and play Odrazi Temple. Lucky. So we never did anything for you. Yeah. Or you could also buy like like Ghost Quarter and destroy our Odrazi Temples. So you could either be with us or you could fade us. One of the two. But either way, you can go to flipsidegaming.com and you can get those cards and at checkout if you use fe- code Fetch. You get 10% off. So go be a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Hell Yeah. So Matt, is there anything else you wanna you wanna talk about this week? Yes. So some shit has come to light. Ooh, you um, got something for me. I do. I love it. Where people have been accused of cheating, and I don't know if they did or didn't or whatever. I don't know the person in question. Sure, it's all hearsay. Yeah, here's the fetch and shock take. Don't be a fucking cheater. Yeah, don't be a dildo if you're losing. This is a hot take coming from us. 
Yeah, don't be a fucking sore loser. Don't cheat. It's not fun. It ruins the game for fucking everyone. Well, that's the thing. It's a game. Yeah. So like, and if you want to figure out inherently, who, you win and you lose. Yeah. If you want to know who was cheating, you can find a lot it's, of people were it's talking all over Twitter, about it. Right? Yeah. And I want to say I saw some shit about this on Twitter, but um, it was this weekend and I was uh, I was in Buffalo all weekend seeing music and shit. So I was not paying attention to Twitter in the slightest. But uh, you did bring it up to me. I was like, oh, well, yeah, I did see something about that. And then you brought it to light exactly kind of what went down. Yeah, just don't just fucking don't. Yeah, don't be a fucking asshole. I think the thing that you should probably do is stop playing competitive magic and just start playing magic with your friends. And then maybe once in a while, go to an actual event uh, just to say that you you are a magic player. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, because that's what we do. Like, we just play magic with the homies. And then every once in a while we go to like SCG Columbus or something like that. Um, and we show our face to the world and say, look at that. Look at this. We go to things. Um, that's not to say that if you don't go to things, you're not a magic player. Uh, because if anything, you're more of a magic player by not going to things because you do it for the love and not for the hopes of some kind of financial gain from it. Oh, I have no dreams of financial gain from going to these tournaments. They're fun. I like playing competitive magic. No, we just go because we know we're going to have a good time. We're going to be able to talk to and meet people that we love and can interact with people we don't get to see very often. That's the only reason why I go to these things is because I get to see our close friends that kind of live in different regions of the world. I get to hang out. Uh, we get to drink beer. We get to do non-magic things. But the reason why we're getting together is magic related. Yeah, it's a catalyst, if you will. Yeah, you. That's I, I couldn't have worded it better. Magic is a catalyst for getting together and friendship hanging and out fun with homies. for everyone. Yeah, fuck yeah. Just, yeah, use magic as a vehicle to get together with friends. Don't use your friends as a vehicle to... Play magic. Play magic. Word. Because magic fucking... Magic is just a game, but your friends are the coolest fucking thing on the... And we're your friends. I might be a friend. If you're a dildo, I'm not your friend. <laughs> so I'm your friend. Matt might be your friend. That That is still uh, a coin in the air. Yeah, just 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 be cool. Just don't... Yeah, don't be a fucking asshole. Like, it, like me and Matt both said, it's a game. Correct. So don't abuse the game for your own personal gain because... People will call you out and then no one gonna fucking trust you and you're gonna be that guy like if you're gonna abuse something for your own personal gain don't make it a hobby like that people enjoy yeah don't ruin it for other people yes exactly because when you cheat in magic you are you're not only being a a dickwad but you're sullying the experience for everybody else involved and the world is larger than just you correct amendo fuck yeah so yeah so don't be a cheater be cool also i am your friend mattis maybe your friend so we'll play magic with just, we'll literally play magic with anybody. Yeah, if we're at a tournament and you want to play a certain format and I don't have a deck and you have a deck, I'll sleep that shit up. Fuck yeah, I'm ready to go literally whenever. As long as it's something that like I can play, I'm in. And if I can't play it, I'm going to find a way to play it. I just want to play magic with people. It's just fun. It's just a cool way to interact with people and just have a good time. That's all yes. I want. Yeah, yay magic. Even though it's sometimes the community is uh, a, a bit hostile and a bit uh, abrasive. And even though we're <laughs> very often abrasive and, and very hostile. often hostile, <laughs> we, it is, it's just, a, it's a game of goodwill and good intention. It's just keep it that way. Yes. Perfect. Perfectly put. It is the fetch and shock heartfelt Mr. Rogers experience right now. Correct. Man, it's, a, it's a beautiful day to be a neighbor. Fuck off.
Let's play our game. Is it Won't me or you? you be mine? <laughs> Let's go from people being jackasses to... Us being jackasses. Yeah. With our game. So our game, if you are new to this, is called Accumulated Knowledge. So in this game, uh, one of us pulls up the Scryfall website and asks a card randomly generated from that website. They ask the name of the card... The other person has to get the converted mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point. And if not, they are a pathetic loser. Matt, am I asking you this this week? I don't remember. I want to say yes, I am. Oh, because last yes. week I came back from you asking me like animate wall. Oh, yep, yep, it's me. Yep. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad I remember that correctly. So yeah, I'm asking Matt this week, so... Uh, I'm going to be asking Matt the name of a card. He has to give me the mana cost. Like I said, if he, he gets it, he gets a point. If not, then he's a piece of shit. Uh, and he has to get four out of the five to win, and he also gets two hints. Matt, are you ready for your first card? Yes, sir. So your first card is Chained Throats. Um, This is the it, blue infect dude, I think. This is a heavy hitter for a first. Yeah, I think this is... Uh, I'm pretty sure this is five and a blue. Pretty sure it's five, five infect can't attack unless they're infected or whatever or have poison counters. Huh. Pretty specific. I like this set. Do you have a like... creature do you got a creature type for it? I do not. Do I need a creature type for it? Well I'm just I'm curious you named everything else about the card. Do you need you want a creature type? I don't know. Do you want to use a hint for the creature type? No, I do not. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> well that is exactly it. Yeah, it is five and a blue. Um it, the creature is horror, but yeah it has infect and it cannot attack unless defending player ha is poisoned. So you nailed it. And it is a 5-5. Five five. Yeah. You... This thing was only good in the blue-white version of Infect with shit. Yeah, not great. You crushed this. And I get a good feeling you were going to get this because we have we have drafted this format multiple times. And I know, historically, you love this format. Big fan of that format. Well, you don't get unclaimed territory. That's zero. I'm not going to give you an, a Vanguard avatar. Thank you. I am also not going to give you Kajuri's Outpost. But I will give you... Inverry Guardian or Ivory Guardians. Did you just say Ivory? Okay, I was. I will tell you why <laughs> I said that after you guess the card. Uh, this is uh, for White White. It's from Legends. It is from Legends. But the card that <laughs> it was, and you are 100% right. But the card that I brought up is the old one. It's the fifth edition one, and it's White Border. And on my computer, I the White Border looks like hell. <coughs> And I couldn't actually read the card, and I was reading it from the card text and not the <coughs> clearly in normal print right next to it. I was reading it from the card, and I thought the V was an N. Yeah, this uh, this thing sucks. Yeah, it's not great. I only know uh, this. That's why I can't uh, believe you fucking got this. Uh, brewing for old school, searching through old school cards and creatures. Yeah, that makes sense. I could see this being played in old. It's but yeah, it is four white white. For a giant cleric creature, it is a 3-3. It has pro-red, and it says uh, creatures named Ivory Guardian get a plus one, plus one, as long as an opponent controls a non-token red permanent. So it could just be a 4-4 four, four against red decks. For six with pro-red, not good enough. No, I don't think so either. But uh, it is good enough to get you a point. Uh, Word geez. up. Well, Forebearer's Blade. Oh, this is, this is the thing from uh, Dominaria. Is it? Yes. So what is it? Pretty sure it's three, because it's a sword. You think so? Yeah. I don't remember what it does. You don't know what it does? Um, it's pretty fucking good, if I remember. Well, are I you locking three. in three? Yeah, I'm locking in three. All the It's a sword. Okay, so you're, yeah, you're right with that. 
Yeah, four bearers blade is three mana. It's an equipment. Um, it gives a equipped creature plus three plus O vigilance and trample. And whenever it dies, four bearers blade attaches to another creature. Yeah, really good. Yeah, and it's equipped cost is three. Yeah, it, this was a rare. This card was very fucking good outside. Yes, his first pickable bomb. Yes. Yeah, holy shit. That card was really good. Well, this next one is something, too. It is the Cauldron of Eternity. Cauldron of Eternity. I actually don't think you'll get this. Just with my knowledge of you and what what your life is. May I remind you that you also have two hands. And you also have two cards left, so you need one of them. I don't want to use a hint on this. I d- also don't think you'll get it, even if I do give you the hint. I'm going to guess three. Three color, no, four colorless. Four colorless, is that your final answer? Yeah. It is ten black black. <laughs> what? Is this, <laughs> oh, this is the cycle from... It is the cycle from Thrones. Okay. It's like the legendary... Yeah. You could have given me everything but the mana cost, and I wouldn't have gotten it. That's what I'm saying. I, that's why I, I mentioned that you had hints, and I was just like, even if he gets a hint, he still will never get this hard. Yeah, I'm glad I did not waste a fucking hint on that. Yeah, good call. So, yeah, it is 10 black black for a legendary. <laughs> Two less cast for each creature in your graveyard. <laughs> I was only fucking eight mana off. Only a little bit. Just it's tit for tat. I was like, uh, might be like an old artifact. I don't know for some reason. Let's <laughs> no, just throw a shot in the dark. Yeah, that's I why like, some I of said. Those, some the of those old artifacts are... are three or four mana. So yeah, The person you are not knowing new cards, this was probably the best card that I could have got to stump you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't memorize cards until they're like two years old, so. <laughs> so great. Oh, yeah. So it is a legendary artifact. It costs two less to cast for each creature in your graveyard. Um, and whenever a creature you control dies, you put it on the bottom of your library. And for two and a black, you can tap it and pay two life and uh, reanimate it. You can only uh, uh, activate the ability during or uh, as sorcery. Sure. Yeah. yeah I think 12, 12 mana. That card. Never in a million years. Oh, right. well, this one, I think, is something that you will get, though. And by will get, I mean you're almost guaranteed to get it. It is lightning elemental. Oh, my God. I wonder what that could be. Well, Matt, it's why don't you tell me? One red. Just kidding. It's three and a red. You fucking piece of shit. Yeah, you're spark, right. spark elementals. Yes, it is. Yeah, lightning elemental is three red. It is an yeah, elemental. Has about a thousand printings. Yeah, that was an easy one. I didn't even use a hint that time. No, I got the Kev Walker art, though. That's a good one. Or is it always the Kev Walker art? It is always the Kev Walker art. I thought it had another one. No, there's no, like it does the, have the Tempest one. Yeah, there's an old one that has a different one. The new art's better, though. And for, yes, I said it. The new art is way better. Whoa, that is something yeah. not very matte. Well, it's just so clearly better. I am soft to the Kev Walker art. It's like a skeleton with like a lightning body. Yeah, just trunching through, ready to fuck some shit up. I love that shit. Yeah, you fucking crushed it, dude. Holy shit. I had some really easy ones. Ivory Guardian was the one that probably I could have got stumped on, but... Yeah, I was kind of hopeful that that one was going to be tricky, but you just ran through it. (laughs) But I I do get some kind of solace that you were a fucking... Idiot. A million mana away from uh, the fucking goblet. Yeah, that one was real bad. So, motherfucker, (laughs) I get the shout out. Yes, you do. Um, so they're actually recording today, right? They're probably recording right now, honestly. Yeah, they are. Well, the person I want to shout out is, uh, Kev from Heavy Meta. And on Twitter, his name is Kevy Metal. Hilarious. The Devil's yeah, Acrobat. And you can actually, it's at Kevy Metal with two L's. Uh-huh. And he's the one who's drunk all the time on the show. Yes, he is. He is like the the guy from the podcast that is 
he is the embodiment of us in one for, person. Yeah, for heavy metal. Yeah. So go check him out. Go listen to their podcast. Um, I did start listening to their podcast. Hilarious. Did you really? I started, yeah, on my way down to Connecticut. Oh, I love that. Yeah, their podcast is fucking great, man. Even though it's like it's older, like it's a couple years old at this point. You're listening to a kind of dated material that they're talking about, but it's still fucking amazing. Funny as shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth every second. For sure it is. But uh, do the uh, the ending. I got to go. I need I'm fucking starving. <laughs> All right. That's fine with me. So uh, I'm assuming you don't have any parting words. Uh, no, um, we'll be back fucking next week. Um, we'll keep you updated. I'm pretty sure I'm finally locked in to my deck choice. I think I am too. Well, next week's going to be our Christmas episode too. Yes, it is. Or Hanukkah or whatever the fuck you celebrate. Yeah, it's going to be a holiday episode. Christmas, because I celebrate Christmas. I celebrate American, buy a bunch of shit and give it to other people. Yeah, capitalism! All right, dude. Well, um, if you want to find Fetch and Shock on Twitter, you can go to fetch underscore shock and if you want to find me on twitter tyler you can find me at at basic land bin if you want to find matt he is at it's bop on twitter and if you want to save a shit ton of money and be a wizard and just be just physically responsible it is the holidays after all tis the season tis the season baby you have to go to the only spot for magic singles sealed product and supplies flipsidegaming.com and at checkout if you use code FETCH, you get 10% off. You just just do it. Just Fuck fucking, it. It's easy. Just go. Jesus, go. All right, man. Well, it's another one in the books. Next week, Christmas episode, we're going to wish everybody a lovely holiday season. But until then, see you later, nerds! Peace!